Hey everybody, this is Chad Daniels, and here's the deal. Well, first of all, of course, you're listening to the middle of somewhere. Secondly, I was told that I gave the wrong dates for some shows coming up. That a boy. So let me let me try to correct that if I can. I will be in San Diego November 6th, Sixth. not the 5th. Yep. 6th. That's Sixth. a Wednesday. First show sold out, second one almost. I will be in Brea on the 7th of November. That is in California as well. Mm-hmm. And then the 8th and 9th, I will be in Salt Lake City. Two shows each night. Tickets are, I'm just going to, I hate being this guy, going fast. They're going fast in Salt Lake, everybody. Also, if you need anything like help with yard work, <laughs> my trip to Germany has been canceled. <laughs> my trip to Germany that I gave to my mother for Christmas. <laughs> I gave her a Christmas gift, and when I called the people, I said, here's what we're going to do. I'm going to go on a river cruise because I don't want my mom and sister asking me what we're going to do every 15 fucking seconds. So I was like, we'll go on a river cruise. Everything will be taken care of. What they didn't tell me is a drought can drop the water level so far that a cruise ship cannot get through the river. So then, so then they go, they call me and they go, well, that's okay. We'll just put you guys on a bus. And I said, fuck you. <laughs> that's what I said to him. Because I'm not going on a bus with anyone. People, I'm not going on a bus with people I, I love, like my, like my sister and my mom, much less strangers. There's no way I'm going on a bus. I feel like this show got shortchanged by you refusing to do that. Can we stop and get a picture? Just every 15 seconds. Oh, my God. Could you even imagine? American murders 50 in Germany. (laughs) Buckle up, guys. This is the big questions episode. You wanted us to do it. We're not convinced it's going to be good, but we are going to do it. And uh, I will say, if this is your first time ever listening to this show, this is not a good episode to start on. And honestly, last week... When we found out about Hay Bales' Jerry Springer family, that also not a good episode to start from. So if this is the first time you've heard the show, head on back a ways. Just pick one, pick one back a ways and then catch up to this point. I would agree. And if, and if you haven't heard last week's episode yet, grab some tissues. Let's start the show. Hey, everybody, this is Chad. Da- oh, let's try that again. <laughs> no, no, leave this one in. Okay. Hi, everybody. Hi, everybody. My name's Chad, and I'm going through puberty. How's it going? Hey, everybody, this is Chad Daniels, prepubescent, and you are listening to the middle of somewhere. Across from me is Cy Amundsen. Hello. And in the corner is Hay Bales. Hey. Bales, the newly revealed Hay Bales. That's right. I'd give you a last name, but we're still figuring it out. (laughs) Also, so confident now that he's introduced himself to the world that he's back to just wearing bonkers-ass clothing. He has on a baseball tee. Yeah. And if you don't know what that is, for people listening that don't know, who aren't fashion-forward... Yeah. Uh, it is a three-quarters length sleeve T-shirt where the sleeves right above the shoulder and then for the rest of the sleeve are one color yep. and the body of the T-shirt another color. Different and several color. times what they will do is they will put any sort of printing or, or screen printing. Mm-hmm. They will put the same color as the sleeves. Yes. A lot of people don't know that. Do they not? I played in several softball tournaments, so I know this stuff. Okay, that makes sense. And it is a Renaissance it festival. It is a Renaissance festival shirt. <laughs> because if people that go to the Renaissance festival are known for one thing, it's playing baseball. It's baseball, yep. And other sports. I promise you there's at least one guy at the Renaissance festival going, hey, yeah, you want to play a game of stick throw ball coming out out? Like, there's some fucking guy who's like, we get it. You're the guy at the Renaissance Festival who invented a sort of baseball. Sure, no, yeah, that's true. Let's get into this horse shit. There were 
lots and lots of questions we were sent uh, when we decided to do this. And I, I want to break them down like this, Chad. There okay. was, uh, I would say, 70 to 80% of them would be classified under the category of burns. They okay. were not questions at all. I think because you and I criticize each other a lot, uh, people were like, I'd like to do that. So we got a lot of like, hey, Sai, your back sucks. Fuck you, buddy. And a lot of like, Chad's well, dad that, is dead. Yeah. Like that was a lot of the stuff. Those aren't even questions. They're not. They weren't questions. Well, for, for those of these people that think that uh, I talk too much about my dad being dead, I'd like to tell you that a couple of weeks ago I was in Denver at Comedy Works. And by the way, what a club. What a staff. What a city for comedy. It was absolutely incredible. And this guy comes up to me after the show and he goes, oh my God, you look like your dad. And he said it in a way that I thought maybe they, they had been broke back mountaining a couple times because he looked at me with passion in his eyes and told me I looked like my dad. So then I go, uh, how do you know my dad? And he goes, well, me and my wife, and he points behind her and I go, well, there's a disappointed lady. She doesn't know what's going on. <laughs> and... Uh, he ends up, he was in a band with my dad, and he had seen me when I was a kid. He'd been to my house what? a bunch of times. Yeah, when I was, he goes, oh, man, you're probably like six or seven. We used to practice at your house. And I'd heard that from other people, but no one after a show, and certainly not far, as far away as Denver. So um, he shows me a picture on his phone of the band, and he, this guy's standing right behind my dad. And uh, I do look a great deal like my dad. Except, you know, he's like 80s cocaine skinny. Yeah. And I, I am uh, Little Debbie Zebra Rolls cookies and cream tits. So that's the only difference. Did he, did, he, did he text you the picture? Do you have the picture? He did not text me the picture. What are you doing? Because here's, here is how the conversation ended before I got a chance. He goes, so where is your dad? Oh, no. And I go, oh, oh. No. <laughs> I go, oh, man, this, this is going to end poorly for you. <laughs> and I said, I don't know. He took off like uh, he took off early 90s, and we think he's dead. <laughs> and his face just dropped, and I felt horrible for him. I wasn't trying to, like, rock his world. But he just goes, oh, man, Godspeed. <laughs> and then he left. But, I, that, but I'll tell you something. What a fantastic deal. That oh, was really, yeah. Uh, it was kind of a fun situation afterwards. Do you know what your dad, the name of your dad's band is? Uh, it was something, something, something Creek. I can't remember, but I oh, remember no. he played in a band named uh, Mogan, which is a brand of wine, and he used to sell alcohol. Yeah, that checks out. And that's yeah. somehow still less lame than my dad, uh, the unknown cowboy, singer of current country music, <laughs> has uh, never gotten anyone to play music with him as a group, but he has told me numerous times that if he had a band, he would name them The Bone Cutters. <laughs> wow. Which is a that's aggressive. It's a bummer. Yeah, yeah, it's a bummer. Yeah, we did get, we got a lot of that. We had a lot of people who sarcastically, like Ben Bjorn, Bjornarud is what it looks like, wrote, did Chad have some sort of falling out with his dad at some point? He never talks about it. <laughs> <laughs> but here's the thing we realized. Everybody wanted to know if there was like a, one of the, there were two really common questions that people. I'd like to just quickly hop in and say, his dad named him Bjorn, so fuck him. <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's two common questions. One of them was, was there some sort of pivotal moment that you knew, like, oh, my dad is not going to be a good dad? Uh, I mean, <clears throat> my dad was a fairly good dad when I was younger. Like, bring me outside, help me with hockey. I thought, be, I thought you were going to go, bring me outside, he'd go back inside. <laughs> no, like, uh, you know, he'd always, like, play catcher, so he's always down crouched down when yep. i was pitching stuff like that so he was a you know decent dad in that way uh but then yeah i mean like the moment have i don't have i told the story which story the story where when my dad actually left no oh like so he came back for just a split second we've been doing <laughs> we've been do, doing 26 episodes 27 episodes of this show it feels like that one should have come up before there's a specific moment he left 
I don't have. I haven't told a story that's that has to do with cars. No. And my dad. And, oh Jesus Christ! I mean, Hay Bales right. has told a story about his dad and cars. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> well, I'm not saying this is going to top yours, but it's just probably parallel to it. When I, so my dad was like, for a long time, he lived just six blocks away from us, okay. but we never saw him still. <laughs> Okay. They were like, when's the last time you've seen, you saw your dad? We were like, eight months. I'm like, oh, where does he live? Like, by the YMCA. <laughs> <laughs> so that was, that was definitely weird. But um, so then he moved to uh, Fargo, North Dakota, which is like an hour away. Yep. So then never, ever saw him. Uh, I bought my first car, but my first car had engine troubles. Mm-hmm. And so... I had to leave it with the car dealership, and then they gave me another car to drive. Got well, it. then my dad just out of the blue contacted How old are you me. at this point? I am 1920. Okay. Um, my dad contacts my sister and says, hey, we should go to lunch. I'd really like to bring you guys to lunch. Uh, can your brother drive you up here? There was a lot of that happening. Interesting. So got my sister, got in the car, drove up went to lunch with my dad. He insisted we eat at the mall in, in Fargo, somewhere at the mall. A lot of options. There's a lot of options when you're eating That's at the true. mall. And I was like, maybe he just needs, maybe he's going to try to buy my sister's love in a store afterwards. I don't know. Maybe. Maybe he loves so, Sabaro. Right. So then we were eating, and he goes, he goes, oh, man, I left something in the car. Can I use your keys? And I go, yeah, of course. So I give him the keys. Oh my and, gosh! Uh, he, no, he comes back. Oh, okay, like, okay. It was like uh, I was tw- like, holy shit! He just leaves you in a fucking mall. <laughs> <laughs> no, it gets much worse. Oh boy! So he comes back like twenty minutes later. Then about two months after that, he calls me in a panic. And just says, you know, just like manipulative dad stuff. If you've ever loved your father, you will do this. And it's like, well, sure I did. So that's like a trick. That's a good trick. Yeah, that is a good trick. So I go and pick him up in Fargo. And he goes, we have to go to Fergus Falls. Don't ask any questions and don't speed. And I was like, I feel like I'm in a movie right now. Boy, yeah, that's some blacklist shit right there. Yeah. So we're driving back. And he goes, okay, before we get to the exit, I need to tell you some things. And I was like, no problem. And he goes, I've been writing, you know, I went to prison for writing other people's checks. Well, they let me out, but just until like the trial and I can't go back to prison. So I'm leaving. And I was like, all right. (laughs) Then he goes, when you came up to lunch, I went to the sporting goods store, which is called Shields in the mall, and I had your keys duplicated because I had gotten my original, the car that I bought, I'd gotten that back. Got it. Right? So, so the car I was using at the time of the lunch is now back on the car lot, which is exactly where he had me drive him. Oh my fucking gosh. Yeah. So, um, by the way, there's nothing funnier to me than someone raised in Minnesota that says, oh, my fucking gosh. Yeah. It's like, if you're going to do it, just do it. Just let it rip. Um, gall dang that fucking bitch. We hear that, a lot of that. That, what, that's some, um, you know, I've known you forever, and one of the things I would say about you to you is you're good at puzzles. <laughs> <laughs> And it clearly comes from him. He's like, he's piecing things together. Oh, yeah. It was uh, like, sometimes I'll watch movies and I'll think to myself, oh, my dad could have written this. <laughs> so, so I drop him off. He opens the door with the key. And for some reason, the car locks up. He can't get the steering wheel. You know how so- yep. sometimes cars, you can't turn the key and the steering wheel's locked? Yeah. So he is like, he's a tiny guy. He's like maybe 140 or something, 140 pounds. And he is shaking the car from the driver's seat. Like he's in the driver's seat, shaking the car to try to get this thing loose. Finally goes loose. We drive about five miles out of town. He hops up. He goes, follow me until I stop. And I was like, okay. So I thought, all right, I'll, I'll go back to this part. 
So I get out five miles out of town, gives me a quick hug. He says, you know, hey, I don't know when I'll talk to you again. See you later. So I get back Weird, in the car. Weird, he didn't say I love you? That, that doesn't check out or anything with the way our episodes end. And I was, gonna, I was getting back in the car thinking, oh, he wanted, he wanted to make sure we were out of town so he could give me a hug. When really, he needed me to follow him to make sure the cops weren't right behind him. So, <laughs> boy, and so, and so that's when he left. And was that the last time you ever saw him? No, the last time I ever saw him was 10 to 12 years after that. When he came back from Mexico. <laughs> he had given me, my mom used to collect rare dollar bills and $5 bills. Okay. And he stole those from her and gave them to me as my confirmation present. <laughs> he like had them framed or whatever, not framed, but like he, he put them in a pretty <laughs> cheesy frame. And my mom, as I opened it in front of my mom, my mom goes, oh, and that was it. I didn't realize she didn't make a scene, nothing. My mom is so fucking rad, you guys. She didn't make a scene or anything. She just told my relatives to make sure to not tell me the truth. No, I'm, I'm just kidding. I'm just doing a hay bale story. But no, my mom's real rad. So anyways, on one of these dollar bills, it was... Um, both sides were printed on the same side. Yeah. And there was nothing on the back. Okay. So he called me and he had been leaving messages. So that was like, when you were a kid. Now, this is 10 years after you helped him Ocean Elevens out of prison. Right. Out of a, a wire fraud charge. Correct. And he calls me and he won't stop calling. So finally, I take the call and I go, I go, what, what do you want? And he goes, Well, I was just reading in the Las Vegas paper that someone had a rare dime that had both sides printed on the same side, nothing on the back, and it went for a couple million dollars at a coin show. So I'd like to come get that dollar, and then I'll split the money with you. <laughs> Isn't, it's outrageous. Didn't he, did he even start the conversation like, hey, man, how you been? Or was he just right into the dollar? Oh, he goes right into it. <laughs> So he ends up coming to my house, and my ex-wife, you know, we're together at the time, living, uh, living about an hour south of Minneapolis, and she was not thrilled that he was coming to the house, which I wasn't either because Isaac was Checks alive. Out. So yeah, yeah. he comes over. I give him the money. I go, all right, you got to take off. But I, two things happened. Number one, and this is going to make you say, of course you did this, but so Isaac, my dad used to be the guy that goes after a while, see you later, or see you later, alligator, after a while, crocodile. So my dad, when he was leaving, he goes to Isaac, he goes, see you later, alligator. And Isaac goes, after a while, crocodile, because that's what I did too. So he knew it. So you could tell my yeah. dad got a little choked up. And then Isaac yeah. goes, who is that man? And my dad started to talk, and I just go, oh, he's leaving. So that was... <laughs> Oh, I think my dad also a scene from I think a my movie. dad was about to say, I'm your grandpa, but I was like, I'm not gonna confuse my fucking kid. So But before all of that happened, I arm wrestled my dad. My arm my dad never let me beat him arm wrestling, and I almost tore his forearm off of his elbow. Wait, when he came to get the double sided dollar, you made I him. I wouldn't arm give him the you? dollar until he arm wrestled me. <laughs> Should we just end, like, I know we were going to do a questions episode, but should we just end the episode right here? I don't, there's no way anything that follows can top any of that. Well, I don't think we need to end right now. I mean, I've clearly just blown my wad as like the, if, if, if this was a, a podcast on how to reveal surprises, I'm the worst at it because I opened with all of them, but. Also, the last, like, you know how when they're like, when a, a sports team, they're like, between the end of last season and the beginning of this season, they've won 11 straight games. Well, between the end of last podcast and the beginning of this podcast, we are the league leader in heavy dad shit. <laughs> oh, my. And this is going to... This is going to be a weird transition because that was very revealing. And the stuff that people, I don't even want to say ask, there were one or two questions, but they, it is not, 
very humanizing of me. <laughs> well, let, why don't we just get into them and let everybody make up their own minds? Okay. Question for Sai. Wondering if you're available to assist our drug task force on an undercover operation. You bring your own badge in case we need you to yell at someone for smoking in their car with a kid. Or if we need, or if we need you to make fun of a Minnesota state trooper. We promise not to arrest you for impersonating an officer. And there's an exclamation point there, and that is a binding contract. Yep. Also, let us yep. know that my sister claims she went on a speed date with him like four, <laughs> four years ago in Minneapolis. Nice job avoiding that train wreck. Regards, Agent Jeff. I'm going to leave the last name out here. Jeff, badge number 214. <laughs> He's from the, he wrote, I like that you left his name out, but he wrote Cannon River Drug and Violent Offender Task Force, Faribault Police Department. He might as well have written his home address. On I just love that it's all about the cop stuff until it just quickly goes into also, Cy Speed dated my sister. <laughs> this is. This is a pretty big bummer. First, it was more than four years ago. I don't know who this guy's sister is, but I, de I definitely went through, I'm going to call it a speed dating journey. You know what? And this, of, I'm just going to say, of course you did, because this is the kind of shit that you do. The, and just so we are very clear, this was longer. It had, I, I, I should look up to see who this guy's sister is. This was more than four years ago because I've been dating Jenna for four years. Interesting. Uh, I <laughs> Interesting. The timeline is not checking out. I, I have detective skills. I will piece this to together correctly. I, I, I'm going to actually I'm gonna get Dan Cummins to take this on a time suck timeline <laughs> and figure this shit out for us. Our good friend Brooks Robinson and I used to joke about speed dating. And so I, one day I was like, you know what? I'm going to do it. I thought it was really funny. Like you just sit down with someone for a few minutes and you can just be insane the whole time. I, I, I just thought that interaction would just go there and be weird. Like, Hey, I'm married. What are you into? Like, just <laughs> ask the weirdest questions, see how they responded. And, and I was an, an open mic comedian who worked at a coffee shop. So I was, oh, I was speed dating semi-regularly because I thought it was funny. And then uh, so somebody from a speed date slept with me. And I was like, oh, I didn't know that was a possible outcome. Now, just to be funny, did you finish super quickly? <laughs> it's I, way worse than that because, and I, I refuse to be slut shamed on this show, but I immediately, I was like, oh, they do that? I'm... I'm a speed dating slut now. I was just giving it away at speed dating. And then I will say I did, I did come out of that pattern, and then I still speed dated for a while because I thought it was funny. So it was a real speed dating roller coaster. Well, and we're finding out a lot about each other today. I'm glad people decided to ask questions. <laughs> so here's question number two for you. This is, I guess, Dear Chad and Cy. Do you guys understand that making fun of Haybale's shirt every week is exactly what people who have never been to a comedy club think happens at every comedy club? <laughs> yeah, well. That's not what happens every week at comedy clubs. I mean, when, when I was in Denver, the, I heard these two, this couple was walking in front of me. <clears throat> I was going back to the green room, and they kept bringing them closer and closer to stage. And this woman goes, oh, my God, he's going to make fun of us. And I go, you're damn right I am because I was right behind him. <laughs> I go, I've been watching you since dinner, writing things down to make fun of you about. And she goes, what? <laughs> and she goes, oh, Chad, it's you. And she gave me a hug. And then I go, I don't make fun of anyone unless they yell at me first. That's my rule. I never go into the crowd unless somebody, somebody yells at me. I used to. I used to start shit every single show because I got bored. But now I'm old, and I'm too busy trying to remember shit that I want to say. So, so here's the second part of this. Speak, so he goes, he goes on to say, do you think this happens in every comedy club? Speaking of shirts, I have a quick story about Cy. I'm a comic as well. Mm -hmm. And I met Cy nine years ago in Nebraska at a great American... Now, are you sure it was nine years? Maybe you were dating Jenna at the time. I'm sure it wasn't ten. <laughs> 
I met Cy nine years ago in Nebraska mm. at the Great American Comedy Festival. Parenthetical, a festival that Chad mentioned in his closing bit in his latest special, <laughs> Dad Chaniels, which currently holds a five-star rating on Amazon Prime. <laughs> when, when I read that, I was like, is Chad writing questions in? This is incredible. Close parentheses. So Cy and I performed in a theater that Friday night with a few other comics on a show in front of a thousand senior citizens. I wasn't there that year, but I can back that shit up. <laughs> a lot of senior citizens in Johnny Carson's hometown. Yikes. And it, uh, it was, he goes on to say it was a lot of fun. However, when the mm -hmm. Saturday show rolled around, I love how it's like, uh, however. That's like when, when you have to say adults. <laughs> Just, you know some bad shit's coming. When the Saturday show rolled around, Cy entered the green room donning a faded army jacket with assorted badges half sewn onto it. It looked like he found it in a surplus store dumpster in the middle of, well, Nebraska. He said he got it at a thrift shop that day and that he was surprised by, and I quote, how much it really worked on him, end quote. <laughs> When he exited the room to perform, the rest of us were evenly split on whether or not it really did work on him. He looked like a boy wearing his dad's clothes from Nam. Mind you, easily half the audience in the theater had participated in the Korean conflict. <laughs> and that's so true. It is just right. And now they, now they get to watch a kid in a costume talk about how a girl once asked him to punch her during sex. So maybe from now on, just Chad gets to make fun of shirts. <laughs> Love, Kellen. Dude, that's such a well-written, funny thing. Thank you for writing that. Kellen Erskine, if you don't know who he, he is, he's fantastic. very funny. He is, a very, he is a very, very funny comic. Secondly... It was that I it, I did do that joke and I did not punch anyone. It was I feel like I don't need to be painted in a poor light. Third, the jacket worked. Oh, I still have shut it. Up. I've never I'll bring I've never it in seen here. It, it worked. And I've seen you a lot, so I don't know if it did work. <laughs> Plus, right now you're wearing a Dunder Mifflin hoodie. It's so comfortable. I believe and I love you, it's the comfortable, office. but I'm not saying it works necessarily. I'm going to stop wearing this around you because every time I do, it, does, it leads to a lot of criticism. Well, here's, I'm also going to criticize you on this. You, and I, I think, I guess I've done it too, but on this show, you do, I think you're scared of what's going to happen after this diaper fiasco <laughs> because you just, you couldn't wait to tell people you did not punch anyone during sex. It's a hot, it's. I understand. We live in a cancel culture. Listen. And you're young enough where you feel it within your peer group. I'm at the age, I mean, I fucking eat breakfast with guys that are like, I won't apologize for anything in the 80s. I don't give a shit. That, I thought he was making love to a man, so I called him a word. <laughs> I mean, it's... Let me do one here. I have uh, one of the questions for you was from a man named Rodney Stanley. This feels like somebody who knows you. Do you know a Rodney Stanley? It also feels like a fake name. Rodney Stanley, I, that, uh, I, I do. I feel like this is going to be, Rodney Stanley, is this going to be high school or divorce related or golf course? I have always heard of a story that Chad was duct taped to a tree outside the ah, high, school high school in okay. Fergus. <laughs> <laughs> Wondering if he could elaborate on that. Well, I wasn't duct taped to a tree, so. <laughs> Get your shit together, Rodney Stanley. In my it was a light pole. In my high school, there was a place on the second floor in the middle of the school, pretty close to the cafeteria, that was known as the foyer. And the foyer had benches Is it in a it. foyer or is it a foyer? It's a, it's a foyer in this situation. Okay. So it is, and then it's kind of outlined by pillars, big okay. red pillars. Now, right gotcha. now, this place is the hockey arena because they switched everything around here. But when I was going to school, this was the place where only juniors and seniors could go. Oh. They made that very clear. Yeah. And there was one pillar that kind of jutted out, so you had to walk way around it and then almost do a U-turn to get to the double doors to get up or downstairs. 
And I was like, well, this is goddamn ridiculous. So I just cut the pillar one day. And before I knew, I was gobbled up like a marble in hungry, hungry hippos. <laughs> one person had each of my hands and then just pulled me around this pillar. And then they duct taped me to the pillar. And you sit there until a fucking teacher walks by. No one, no other freshman come to your rescue. No sophomore says, I'm going to be a junior next year. We're going to change this policy. They walk by and just go, oh, and kind of walk further away from you. Like you're, like you're a trap or something. Like you're uh, the first fly on a piece of sticky tape. And they don't dare get close to it. So, did you go to school in the movie The Breakfast Club? <laughs> I also, even worse than that, I also got picked up, put in a trash can upside down. Now, remember, my hip flexibility has not always been great, so this was uncomfortable. <laughs> I was shoved into a trash can upside down. The lid was put on, duct taped. <laughs> Then I was rolled into the girls' bathroom right across from the uh, right across from the foyer. And here's here's what you find out. I would have been out. so scared that they were going to dump me into like a river or something. Here is uh, when you are upside down in a tra in a trash can with a plastic bag in it, and they have sealed it with duct tape. Oh that's when, no! That's when you find out how strong your body is. Because it did not take me long to kick that lid off because I was absolutely <laughs> terrified. I remember one time in high school, and I might have told this on the show before, uh, to get a ride home, only one kid in our grade when we were sophomores had a car, so everybody would pile onto his car. And I did not like riding the bus. And so I had begged hey, for a ride. Hey, just a quick question. Was he, was he the driver for We Say Sup, Dude? He was not. <laughs> okay. I think he had a different position within the gang. <laughs> okay, great. But finally, he was like, <laughs> "What was it getting getting all the homework when you were homesick?" <laughs> was that was that his position in the gang side? <laughs> he, I wanted a ride. His car was full. He said he would let me and another kid ride in the trunk. And against all of my better judgment, I was like, "Okay, I'll do that." And uh, there's a, a a road in our town that they call the Grade that you go, it's around the lake, and there's lake on both sides. So it's a road, and there's lake on both sides. And no one lived anywhere near there, but somehow they thought it would be funny to drive over the grade while telling those of us who were locked in the trunk that we were in the grade yeah. and to kind of swerve. And it is, it was the worst. It was the, it was near the worst. Oh, I'm sure. So, I didn't. I mean, I was, feel like this is... Uh... That's the... That's an origin story right there as well. Yes, thank you. That's what I was trying to come up with. Did you they see call the panic the in my eyes? They call him the trunk now because he's slowly been killing all his old classmates and <laughs> puts him in a trunk and floats him into the grade. There was a lady in Denver who sat right in the front row that had a black T-shirt with white lettering that just said WSSD. No, there wasn't. I promise you I have a picture of it. We say no. suck, dude. <laughs> I tell you what, we had no women in that gang. <laughs> well, you have supporters now. <laughs> All right, my turn. I get to go. Hey, guys. This I'm is going... another, just so everybody's prepared, this is another, people just fucking, I feel like I've just, I'm being outed is what's happening as unfairly described. But Why is it unfairly? Oh, it's not unfairly, but. Right. Okay. You did Sorry. it. You live with it. Okay. No one's asking you to apologize, but you. See, here's here's the thing. If there's for some reason any kids that listen to this, ask before you do anything in your life, ask yourself, am I willing to deal with the consequences no matter how far away they are or how severe they are? I mean, I try to tell my kids that all the time. I go, whatever if you do something today, you might have to answer for it when you're 50. But are you okay with answering for it? I'm okay with it. It's just there were a lot of like, hey, Chad, what was your, what's your dad like? Or, hey, Chad, what about the, mine are all just, there are no questions. They're just people telling stories about me. Yeah, you're not likable. <laughs> we knew this was going to happen. You're an unlikable person. You're fucking tall and good looking and have a full beard with long hair. Fuck you. No one likes you. Of course not. 
People look at you and go, oh, I guarantee he's going to hit on my girlfriend. Okay. Hey, hey. I'm fine. You're likable. <laughs> Thank you. In tiny doses. All right. <laughs> hey, guys. I'm going to pretend I am a guest getting introduced on my own episode of Middle of Somewhere and tell you how I know Cy. Ten years ago, I went to Courtney's Comedy Club in Moorhead, Minnesota. Doesn't exist anymore. To see a comic I've never heard of. The comic was Cy. Five minutes into the show, Cy got very upset with the energy he was receiving from the crowd and <laughs> told them he was, and I quote, going to give them what they were giving him. And he laid down on stage and delivered his entire set from a nap position. <laughs> That's I've, true. I've seen somebody do that before, and it was me. <laughs> I once told the crowd I was going to match the energy in the room, and I laid down with my legs up against the wall and did my comedy the whole rest of the time like that. I was the only one who thought it was funny. Well, now yeah, I no, feel like a hack. No, 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 I'm saying... Uh, I'm just letting you know, like, it's sometimes... You felt it before. The energy in a crowd. Everyone thinks, like, we're doing it. We're here. And then they're the worst fucking crowd of all time. Uh, I was the only one that thought it was funny. And I, you know what? I wasn't at that show, but the people of Moorhead watching somebody do comedy laying down, I could agree with that. <laughs> I couldn't wait to talk to him after the show, but he was concerned by an older gentleman who was talking to him for some reason about shark jaws. <laughs> My girlfriend and I decided to grab a couple drinks and stick around to watch the late show to see if uh, to see what his act was really like. Well, he had the MC introduce him as Shark Tooth Jim. <laughs> And he spent at least a half an hour pretending to be the guy he just met in the hallway, <laughs> explaining different types of shark teeth and telling made-up stories of how he captured them. <laughs> the fact that you're still involved in comedy in any way is absurd to me. Then against my better judgment, I got a couple buddies, and we came back to the late show on Saturday. Dude, this guy bought three tickets. I was determined to see his jokes. There were only 12 other people at the show, and Cy <laughs> took the stage and did his whole set in a southern accent, which he never broke once. <laughs> then, after the show, he kept pretending he had a southern accent as he met everyone. When I shook his hand, I said, man, I've seen you three times this week. You're very weird. <laughs> Still not breaking character, he looked at me in the eye and said, thanks, brother. Now I got some mini golf. She's a-calling my name. <laughs> Oh, God. And then he went and played mini golf in the hotel lobby. So all of this, all of this stuff, and then he ends it with, I love you, Chad. Jason. That's fascinating to me. A couple of things. One, they, I didn't just, like, go out into the, like, the, the, the lobby had a mini, have you ever done that club? They had a mini golf course. That's big in this area because it gets so cold in the hotel. that people, yeah. they have a lot of hockey tournaments and then they need yeah. something for the kids to do besides piss in the hot tub. So they build a <laughs> mini golf course. Here's the funny thing. I remember that guy, but I don't like, we didn't, we're not like friends. That's, that's, that's fantastic. That's our only interaction with him. Well, clearly he's been following your career forever. <laughs> yeah. And I, I should probably do something nice for him as a man. I think that we all, I think we all ended up doing stuff like that. I mean, when people came to the shows and had no idea who you were and you were younger and there were an older crowd, even if you had good ideas or funny thoughts, they wouldn't really listen to you because you were a kid. And that run was connected. The Wednesday night was a, a one nighter in North Dakota in a shitty bar. What the was it called? What was the Dreamers. name of the thing? Dreamers. Dickinson? No, 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 no. This was it was connected to Grand Forks. I've done okay. the Dickinson one, but it was connected to Grand Forks. Okay. And then the Thursday was supposed to be college night, but nobody showed up. So you're in North Dakota. You've performed in front of 40 people in two days, and you're ready to melt down. Well, there's no doubt. 
This has taken a lot longer than I think we thought it would. Uh, I didn't know two people were going to write novels about me and we were going to learn Chad's entire backstory. So there's, there's, uh, there's a bunch of questions that people ask, just kind of like general interesting questions. Hey, Bales, well, how about we have Hey, Bales, ask them and we'll do it like quick fire. Sure. Oh, you're going to be better at this because you've had experience speed dating. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So first question mm. is from Talia, and she asks, what's the worst job you guys have ever had? I'll go first. I sold, I sold an air purifier that was actually a vacuum. <laughs> and, so you oh, excuse people. me. Excuse me. I attempted... To sell this i never sold one not ever and i sold this shit this is like you had to go into people's homes and demonstrate the power of this well it's essentially a vacuum but it doubled as an air purifier so you would take a big plastic bag and put one of their couch cushions in it and then put the hose in the plastic bag and you would show them inside of the canister how much dust was in one couch cushion and that's how a lot of people sold these things right but then they'd ask me i was just a kid i was like i don't know maybe 21 and they'd ask me they'd go oh can you do my other couch cushions and i would do it but the other people refused to do it and that's how they sold these goddamn things but i would just basically end up cleaning their whole fucking house (laughs) and it was so expensive i remember they would they would look at me and go how much is this and then i could feel my face melt down because i didn't want to tell them because it was so expensive yeah i never sold one uh, I got fired from McDonald's three times. <laughs> oh my god! I've, I'm gonna do that. I'm gonna tell that story on an album at some point. So I don't want to. I don't want to give everything away. But one of the times, it's because while wearing the grimace costume, I told a mom to eat my dick. <laughs> <laughs> so the hand job Lake fella writes, "How did you guys become friends?" Good name. We're not. Next question. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, All right. Omar writes, if you weren't doing comedy, what do you guys honestly think you'd be doing with your life? I think I'd be uh, probably doing drywall. You seem like a guy who'd be doing drywall. Yeah. I think that I'd I'd probably be doing drywall and... Like your McDonald's thing, I probably would have been hired back for the fourth time at this particular company because my friend owns it. I like to think, I've always thought that I would be like a lawyer or a doctor, and I think it's because I watch a lot of lawyer and doctor TV shows. But I think the truth is I would be a guy who just thinks he should be a lawyer or doctor. And it's probably that guy who's like, you go to family reunions and like, you're telling somebody your big business plan, and they're like, what are you doing right now? And I'm like, ah, oh, well, Jenna works at Pixel Farm, and uh, I watch the dog. <laughs> if I didn't have comedy, I'd be such a piece of shit, I think. Yeah, I mean, you still are, but I don't know. <laughs> I don't, uh, I don't just, I would love to be an attorney, because I think that's funny in, in, and uh, f- figuring out ways to help other people, but the school, I just can't sit in school. All right, I'm ready. Next question. Christy writes, what do each of you do to get rid of stress? Ah, I just have OCD. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was going to get uh, rid. I was going to say, I give mine to Cy. <laughs> I just, I tell him stories about my life and watch him start, his shoulders start to get closer together under his chin. <laughs> to get rid of stress. I just, I hang out, you know, hang out with my kids. That's a big one for me. And then also... And I've been doing this for a very long time. I make a gratitude list before I go to sleep. Mm. So I make sure that I think of three things during the day. They have to be new. They have to be fresh. And then I think about them all before I really attempt to sleep. And then they are also the first things I think about when I wake up in the morning. Because what I used to do in the morning, uh, I'd, at nighttime, I would lay there thinking like, oh, you didn't get this done. You didn't get this done, you fucking piece of shit. And then I'd go to sleep. <laughs> And then I'd have those stress dreams and I'd wake people up in my house by grinding my teeth that loudly. And then I'd wake up and before I got out of bed, I'd like pinch my tit and go, oh, cool, you fat fuck. And then I would get out of bed and that's how my day would start. So now I do these other two things and my life is just a whole lot better. 
I'm going to OCD therapy. <laughs> I should have let you start. That's my fault. <laughs> Uncle Ronnie's Uncle Donnie wrote, if you had intro music, what song would it be? Oh, my God. Mine would be... Sledgehammer by Peter Gabriel. <laughs> I'm going to go with In Your Eyes by Peter Gabriel. It's a big... We're big Peter Gabriel, guys. Such a great album. Uh, Justin writes, who had the Is this biggest, you? Is this you? This is not me. Great name, though. Justin writes, who had the biggest impact on the person you have become? Did you ask this question because you need to shoehorn your story about your two dads back into this <laughs> podcast? <laughs> <laughs> for me i probably have to say my grandpa oh really yep why I, uh he was just a real real good mom's guy. dad dad's dad mom <laughs> <laughs> uh turns out my mom's dad surprisingly <laughs> enough um yeah he uh he was just a really great guy i never saw him raise his voice to my grandmother if you know i've heard stories about my mom and her brothers you were absolutely not allowed to yell at my grandma um he was very very helpful and um before before so recently i've gone to a funeral and it was mm -hmm. a kind of a younger guy and a, just a great great person and i've never seen that many people at a funeral but before that my grandpa's funeral they were out in the overflow watching the funeral on tvs i mean he was oh, just like, wow he was really liked and uh, generous and helpful and um, really kind of let you know, like, you know, he wasn't manly, manly. He could do all, you know, what you, and I put air quotes up, manly. He could do yeah. all that shit, but he was also a real gentle giant. So it was nice to see the difference there. I'm going to, it's a tough one, I would say, but um, probably mine is my grandma who lived with us till she was like 103 and sure just as a hero, it, it, uh, different people in different ways. But I'll say my grandma, just because it's somebody that you can look at and be like, oh, that's how I want to handle my, if I turn out like that, I've done quite literally everything right. Sure. Yeah, no, I, something about that generation that like came up and just the way they handled themselves was very impressive. It wasn't a lot of woe is me. No. Probably because they saw their parents have to go through the depression and shit. Yeah. And then they were like, oh, well. I ate breakfast this morning. That's life's pretty fucking great. Callie writes, is there anything you've ever said or done on stage that you regret? My first album. <laughs> <laughs> My answer is size first album. <laughs> uh, so Trent wrote, what is the one possession not based on monetary value that you would fight hardest to keep? Chad's cabin. <laughs> i'm really well, invested an, in chad's cabin it's an interesting one hardest to keep probably well this is gonna <laughs> hey chad this, can you give us sad answers i was gonna say this is i promise you this is gonna be back-to-back -back bummers i would just say my grandpa's ring I was going to say the teddy bear from my sister's funeral. So this was great. Hey, thank you a lot, Trent. That was a fun walk down memory lane. Well, listen, I mean, it's a, it, he didn't know what the answers were going to be. That's true. But I will tell you that I guess when I was younger, I asked my grandpa, and I remember my parents, I vaguely remember this because I know my parents got mad at me. I asked my grandpa when he died if I could have his ring. <laughs> And here's what's so he he has two sons. I have two uncles, and he gave me the ring. Oh wow! And, and then my grandma had to tell my uncles, like, listen, your grand your father thought it was so funny that this kid had the balls to ask for a ring. So he said, make sure he gets it. <laughs> what a ridiculous little boy I was. Hey, listen, I'll probably appreciate you. I'm an adult, but I don't right now. But I like that ring. <laughs> So absurd. Tracy writes, let's pretend there was a contest where both Cy and Chad got to go back in time once. Whoever does the funniest thing wins. What do each of you do? Whoa. You go first. <laughs> I make sure that Chad's dad doesn't die. <laughs> I try to turn his life around. 
This would be a very different podcast, maybe with three people on it. Well, four, counting the bales. I go back and hug Hitler with a Trump 2020 button on. <laughs> just just to see people losing their mind on Facebooks. I don't, listen, I'm, I don't get into politics, but you know that shit would explode the internet. Uh, so Chad's dad writes, if hypothetically all things... <laughs> Hypothetically, all things were even. Chad isn't worried about the well-being of his kids, and Cy isn't worried about his back. Who would last longer as a homeless person? Ooh. In Listen, I'll, I'll let you go, but I don't think there's any question here. It's me. <laughs> and why do you believe that? Because, so, I don't know if you know this, but it took them... A hundred years to domesticate pigs, right? From wild okay. boars. Yeah. But if a pig gets out, like a little cute pig gets out of the pen and goes into the woods, it takes two weeks for it to start growing tusks and coarse hair again. So in really? two weeks, yeah, in two weeks, 100 years of domestication goes out the window. <laughs> I have a little bit of pig genetics in me <laughs> because when I'm in the wilderness, I'll eat like two days into it. I'll eat clumps of dirt and shit because I'm hungry. <laughs> so I do think it's me. I'm, I, I think I am going to give it to him just based on I, I think I would I think I could manipulate the homeless community and maybe rise to the top of it as the leader of like a tent city. But if it's not, if I'm not in a community where I can, I can gain favor and it's just, I'm just out navigating the streets, I think my OCD would get the best of me. So I'm going to give this to Chad. Thank you so much. Yeah, no problem. <laughs> All right. Mindy D writes, Chad and Cy, who could live with the other the longest? <laughs> well, <Me. laughs> I mean, we'd be living with each other. Yeah. You're saying like who would tap Is the out question, first? Yeah, it's the question who would quit. Yeah, that's got to be who would tap out first. And again, yes. that's you. That's, that's me for sure. For sure. You. Yeah. What do you think? Three days? I wouldn't fucking move in. <laughs> I'd be like, oh, how, how many of size relatives do I have to sleep with? And not like sexually. I mean, like in the same room because they all live together. Like a goddamn commune. Weirdos. You'd be there for a week and you'd change your last name. You would love it. No chance. I think this went all right. I think it did too. I love how you didn't answer that question. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not playing his dumb game. <laughs> thank you guys for your questions. Yeah, thank you. That was nice. I think that does it. Oh, hey, there's one more question on here. Okay. Uh, let me. Hey, Bills, is it all right if I read the last one? Yeah, go for it. Chad, can you think of a word that starts with the letter L that? Accurately describes the way you feel about Psy. Yes. Loser. <laughs> hey, if you guys like this, uh, there will be a new episode next Monday and every single Monday at 8 a.m., so click the subscribe button so your phone sends it to you without having to do any work. <laughs>